it seems in our culture that we have been programmed to think that that more is better. Yeah, it seems that if some is good, more is better. If some is good, if I have if I have some money, more money is better, right? If 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 I have a kind of a good car, a better car is is better. But but sometimes you can have too much of a good thing. My parents found this out the hard way. As I was a young child, I was just to eat more solid foods. They found out that I have a love for applesauce. Anyone here love applesauce? Uh, to, to this day, I mean, Escape uh, will we'll, we'll go to the orchard and she'll bring back a whole bunch of seconds and, and she'll you know skin those things up and peel those things up. She'll get them all cored out and she'll just put them on the oven on the oven on the oven. That's awesome, yeah, yeah. You know how much I, how, how good I am in the kitchen. You put things on the oven. Uh, you put, you put things, she puts it on the stove and just lets it cook and like all day long the house smells like apples and applesauce. It's like oh, this is gonna be a good day. And so she'll she'll make she'll make up a whole big batch and we'll have some and we'll have some more and. And, and, and I, yeah, to this day, I, I, I love applesauce. But that day, my parents found out the hard way how much I loved applesauce. Because they're like, oh, he likes applesauce. We're just going to keep giving him applesauce. Yeah, applesauce. And, and I, I don't know, maybe you're aware of this, maybe you're not. Uh, apples are a high source of fiber. Okay? And, and fiber has this amazing uh, ability to, to keep you regular. And, and, and if you get too much, if you don't get enough fiber, you're not regular enough. And if you get too much fiber, you become regular more often, if you know what I mean. Uh, there's so much so that, it, that no, the, the diapers I was in no longer were able to contain my regularity, if you know what I mean. So you can have too much of a good thing. It is possible. Yes, some hands, some is more. More is better. But sometimes you can have too much of a good thing. We get this messaging and advertising in our culture that, that the way we live, that, that, that we need to go out and get ours, right? Go out and get it yours. It's yours. You deserve it. You, you should demand it. Go get what is yours, what belongs to you, what's rightfully yours. And we hear this a lot these days, right? You know, with, with election day came up on Tuesday, we have uh, politicians saying, hey, I, I, let me help you get yours. You know, the man was to take away your stuff. And I mean, you know, yeah, let me help you get yours. And, and so we hear promises from here and promises from there and, and trying to sort out What's right, what's wrong, what's going to be best for our country, our nation, our community, ourselves, and how do we advance that? Over the next few weeks, we're going to look at how, how countercultural the message and the teaching of Jesus is. It's not so much about what's going out to get mine and, and making sure that I'm taken care of, although uh, there, there, there are verses in Scripture that say, hey, you need to take care of, of yourself and your loved ones and your family, and, and, and how we do that, we, you know, that, that's, that is a responsibility for those of us who are the heads of our household to provide for those who are around us. But there's also a, a, a space where it's no longer about advancing us, but it's advancing and helping those in our community, how the teaching of Jesus is so countercultural to what we are hearing, how what we're hearing from our society. Over the last couple of years, uh, it, it, it's, uh, brought about, uh, there's been brought about a greater financial difficulty in our country. Maybe you lost work, maybe you lost hours, you lost pay because of COVID, because all of a sudden maybe you're put on furlough or your hours changed or, or, or things that you once needed to do or once were able to do, now you're no longer able to do it because of certain restrictions and certain regulations. Maybe once things kind of got back to normal for you there, all of a sudden you see rising inflation. 
And so the, 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 the income that you had once were able, was able to satisfy a certain level of income, but now you find that your dollars aren't going near as far as they once did. And this has even been felt in the finances of the church, right? I mean, sometimes when we have less to go around, sometimes we end up having less to give out. And as we have less to give out, the, 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 the bills of the church really haven't changed as much. And so how generous are we and how are we giving there? And, and we've been pr- pretty blessed and pretty thankful that for the most part, we've been able to hold our own. Yeah, we're, 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 not, we're not advancing financially. Mark comes and he, he says, hey, some months it's better, some months it's worse. And, and then you have emergencies show up like, you know, like a, a pump go out for, you know, one thing if it's just a pump for something. But when it's your fire suppression system, you, you, that's kind of important. You kind of want that just in case an emergency happens. We want we don't want to lose the whole building because that, that that part of the system didn't work. And so we've all felt the pinch, right? We've all felt uh, the, the crunch of things. And, and we keep hearing this message, more is better. Go out and get yours. And so how do we figure this out? See, when all is said and done, what will matter is not how many cars we had, not many houses we had, not how many zeros were at the end of our bank account. I got a lot of zeros in my bank account, just on the other side of the decimal point, right? And so uh, maybe you're like me, and it's like, yeah, I got, I got, I got plenty on the on the cent side of the decimal point. But those things, in the end, won't really matter. What in life really matters? If it's not chasing after stuff, if it's not chasing after more and more things, uh, what really matters? And so uh, a few years ago, uh, a number of years ago, uh, some researchers uh, pulled together a group of 90-year-olds. And uh, they figured, hey, uh, with age comes wisdom. And so maybe they knew some things. And said, hey, hey, if you had to do it all over again, what would you do differently? And they, and they, they had four, four answers. The first one was, huh, what would you say? And if you had it to do all over again, what would you do differently? They said they'd reflect more. They'd reflect more. They would, they would slow down. They would, they would, they would take time to, 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 to think about what was going on. They would, they would, they would, they would uh, celebrate their, uh, learn from their losses. They would slow down and smell the roses. They would take more time to reflect that life isn't all about uh, working and accumulating and advancing. And they would truly soak in those special moments. They said they'd risk more. They'd risk more. They, they would live a life with a sense of adventure. They'd take more chances, not play things so close to the vest. They'd reflect more. They'd risk more. And finally, they said that they would give themselves to something that would live on long after they were dead and gone. They would give themselves to something that would last long after they were dead and gone. And so as we consider, how do we use this one life we have? How do we use the resources that God has blessed us with? How can we do so to reflect, to risk, and to advance the kingdom of God, to give ourselves to something that would live on long after we are dead and gone? Too many of us can't do that because we've shackled ourselves with financial restraints. We live with too much debt. We 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 we, we live without enough financial more. And maybe we're living paycheck to paycheck, or even worse, maybe we're robbing Peter to pay Paul, and we just hope that we can keep the, the dance going back and forth until we finally can get over the hump. But when we live our life in pursuit of more, we can't be available to do more of what God has called us to do. More stuff does not equal more happiness. And that is what we'll find in our text today. Today we're going we're to open up Ecclesi- to Ecclesiastes chapter 4. And, and Solomon, uh, he, he, he looks at uh, life. 
And he is, he, he's a, a, a king and he's asked God for wisdom. And so he, God has given him this special gift to be able to, uh, <coughs> see and know and uh, how life works. And so he goes out and he, he, he just watches how everyone does their thing. And he sees that as some people work, that they're just after bettering themselves. And, and we see how um, he draws not only on his own life experiences, but the experiences of others. As he looks, as he watches, he, he, under, he sees what they're doing and how they're adva- trying to advance their life. But maybe it's a pursuit of more. And he points out the flaws in their thinking as, a, as we pursue a life well Live. That's what the, the book of Ecclesiastes is. Sometimes it feels kind of a downer book. You, if you look at it, you know, uh, Solomon's always going, eh, this is meaningless. It's chasing after the wind. You know, maybe you're trying to, maybe you as a kid or maybe your kids or your grandkids, uh, you know, chase, have been chasing after leaves these past few days. And it's so hard because you, you get to the leaf and the wind comes again and blows it further. And sometimes that's what our life feels like. It's just a chasing after the wind. And Solomon's like, this is what really matters. He says, do we chase up to this? What are these things? This in life is what really matters. And that's what he gets to at the end of the book. And so I'd encourage you to sit down and read it at some point this week. Um, uh, make sure you're in a good headspace because, like I said, it can get kind of a, a you know, feel kind of dark there in the middle. But here's what he writes in Ecclesiastes chapter 4, starting with verse 4. He says, I saw that all toil and all achievement Spring, uh, spring from one person's envy of another. This too is meaningless, a chasing after the wind. Fools fold their hands and ruin themselves, but better one handful with tranquility than two handfuls with toil and chasing after the wind. He saw that all, all toil, he said that all toil, uh, uh, a lot of the toil that he saw the people doing was just trying to advance himself beyond someone else. And maybe we think that, 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 that uh, keep trying to keep up with the Joneses was, is just something of our age, but it sounds like keeping up with the Joneses happened even before there were Joneses to keep up with. Yeah? And they, they, he, looks out. <coughs> he looks out and he sees these guys working. And they're working themselves to the bone just to advance himself beyond their neighbor. Oh, well, he's got this kind of chariot. Maybe I... You know, I want the four-door chariot, right? I, I want the four-wheel drive chariot. I want, I, I, yeah, I, I want, you know, I, I need bigger horses to do. Uh, and sometimes we we see work negatively. That oh, you know, I hey, I gotta go back. I go back to the drive. You know, I, gotta, I you know, get back. You know, you gotta get back in the car. I gotta make the commute. I gotta, you know, I put my nose back to the grindstone. And Solomon, just the chapter earlier, he says this that it's it's, it's a Finding satisfaction in your work is a gift from God. So maybe you found a, a, an occupation. Maybe the, the work that you do brings you joy. And yeah, there's days that, that that's hard. There are days where it's difficult. There are days when yeah, you'd rather be on a beach somewhere just enjoying the sunshine. But if you find if you have if, if the work that you do is something you enjoy doing and you're good at it, sounds like that's a gift of God. Embrace that. Use that. To give glory to God through the through the work of your hands, through the work of your mind, through through the work that you do. Let your work, let your witness be shown through your efforts. The Solomon's like, but, but, but there are others. He said, as they're out there trolling, they're like, hey, 
Can I one up my neighbor? Oh, yeah, 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 well, he got he got a raise. He he got a promotion. Why why didn't I get a promotion? And so maybe you put in, you, you you try to maybe cut corners. You do this. You do that to try to advance yourself. And out of envy, they try to keep up with the work. That's work, work, work to have, have, have to gain, gain, gain. And the real question of ownership is: Do we own our things, or do our things own us? Do we own our things, or do our things own us? Are we spending more on on the management of things? Are we, or the things that we have? Are they? Are we really using them to? To further either our relationship with God or relationship with others? Are, are we finding uh, joy and peace in those things? Or do they come with more headaches than they are worth? Maybe it's, we have to keep on working so we can keep on having. So you have, you have this one working. They're just work, 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 right? And they're out for the hustle, and their motto would be always be closing, right? They're always trying to trying to close the deal, they're trying to advance themselves, they're trying to and move themselves up. But there's there's two sides to the uh, to the working life, right? One, you've got the hustlers, the, the workers, they're, they're they're just killing it. But then on the other side, Solomon looks and he says, "There's some who just kind of fold their hands and ruin themselves. He calls them fools." Just kind of sit back and like, yeah, life will come my way. It'll all work out. I'll just, it'll get taken care of. Things will happen. And and they're they're taking a slower, more comfortable path to self-destruction, right? You know those who just work themselves and, and they kind of work themselves to death saying, hey, you know what? I'll sleep when I'm dead. And there's others who are like, you know what? I'm just going to stay home and Sleeping instead. And they sleep in, and while sleeping in, and vacations are divine. It's like, oh, this is, this is nice, a chance to slow down and to rest, to, to recuperate. It, not, not having the money to pay for the necessities of life is a horrible reality. And maybe you know, so maybe you've been there before, maybe you, things have happened, and all of a sudden you find yourself on the short end of the financial stick. It's a tough place to be. You, maybe you weren't the fool. You were just something that happens happened to you, and you found yourself there. There are also those who are just like you. What? Others are going to take care of me. Solomon wrote, wrote in Proverbs. He said this: "A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of hands to rest, and poverty come, will come on you like a thief, and scarcity like an armed man." Seems they're just kind of resting and relaxing, just kind of letting life happen as it will. This folding of hands, sometimes we think about it as folding of hands prayer. But it seems like this is like the folding of hands where you just sit back in the recliner, like, of rest. Instead of putting your hands to work, it's one place to rest, it's one place, hey, I've worked hard, and now I need to rest, I need to take care of my body. But then there's some who just like, to sit back and rest and let life happen. And Solomon calls those people fools. Paul would go on to say it this way. Said for even when I was with you, said I gave you one rule: the one who's unwilling to work shall not eat. There's this a connection between working for your necessities, for doing the things that are necessary to take to provide for yourself. And if you're not willing to provide for your things, sometimes that that, that Paul's like, it's not it's not for you. 
See, sometimes, on one hand, overconsumption is bad, and so is underprovision. And yeah, there, there, there are uh, there, there are exceptions to the rule. You know, what, what about the person who's unable? What about the person who's who's ill? And, and there are places, and there, there there ought to be safety nets for those who are unable to work. But there are a lot of people who take advantage of a system that is willing to pay for them to just sit back and fold their hands and rest. And so Solomon gives us a better way. It's not working ourselves to death. It's not sitting there just wasting away and letting others take care of us. But Solomon says this. He says, better is one hand with tranquility than two handfuls with toil. There's a balance. Solomon almost, he, he knows, he's like, he's like, less than a handful is just not enough. But two handfuls might be too much. Less than a handful, maybe you can't take care of yourself. Maybe it's hard for you to make ends meet. Less than a handful may not be enough, but but are we killing ourselves going for two handfuls? Do we just reveal that there's a chasing after the wind? It better is one hand with tranquility and two hands with toil. And these verses speak to our level of consumption. We can choose to consume nothing and waste away to nothing, right? We can choose to consume nothing and just kind of resign ourselves from society, resign ourselves from, and we can just kind of waste away. Or we can consume and die of our consumption. And we see this swing in our, in our society, don't we? We see some all about consumption, and, and, and they will consume themselves to death as if there's just no governor, there's no limiter, there's no lid to what they consume. And there's others who just withdraw and withhold. Jesus tells a story of a man. He had a bountiful harvest. And he sees the harvest coming in, and he goes, Whoa, my barns are not going to be big enough to hold all this stuff. He goes, I need to tear these barns down because they are old, nasty, small barns. I'm going to give me some bigger barns. I'm going to store all my stuff in it, and I'm going to sit back, uh, eat, drink, and be merry. Just enjoy life. That night, his, his, uh, his life, he was going to live on the fat of his gains. And his actions showed that he trusted in his wealth and his possessions, that his life was devoid of God. And that night, Jesus said that God called the man's life to account. And he was found wanting. The final statement of that parable is telling, uh, Jesus says this, he goes, this is how it will be for whoever stores up uh, things for themselves, riches for themselves, but is not rich towards God. See, sometimes we become so driven by our own abilities, by our own uh, consumption, by the things that we can gather and gain for ourselves, that we, we don't realize that they're all a gift from God. It's a resource that we become a steward of. We, we are then to, to channel and use it. Yeah, we're, we're to use it for our own benefit, right? We, we, we ought to use it to, to take care of ourselves and our families, but sometimes we're also to use those same funds to share with those around us so we can help uh, lift up and, and, and care for those who are in need. Solomon said, if one handful, one handful of tranquility is better than two handfuls of toil. So we're going to be rich towards God. Uh, what, what is more important? How, how can we, than, than being rich in wealth? How can we live a life that shows that we are rich towards God, not just rich in wealth? And I think it kind of comes down to learning that less can be more. That less 
can be more. My, my kids are like, Dad, Dad, less is less, more is more. I mean, no, 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 sometimes less is more. Yeah. I, mean, you know, I, I can be up here playing the guitar and I can just be just, just killing away at it, right? You remember that? Maybe. Maybe we need less of mine. And that would help the song sound better. Yeah? Or, 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 or as we were playing earlier today, James like, well, what if I did this? I'm like, hmm. I think it might be a less is more situation. I, th- I think it would sound great on another song, but maybe not that song. And, uh, and uh, so sometimes less can be more. You know, cinnamon is good. Sometimes too much cinnamon can be too much, right? Yeah. Or, 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 the, or, the, or this one. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, sometimes you're like, yeah, just a little bit of kick. You know, maybe a you know, jalapeno might be good. But you're like, oh, maybe we'll amp the game up to, like, to like, you know, one of these ghost peppers. Have you ever, have you? Whew. You know, some spice is good. Sometimes too much spice is not so good, right? And so, and, and so that sometimes how do we understand, how do we begin to live out less is more in our life? And I think there's one, uh, there's a couple of things, that, there's a couple of steps that we can begin to take uh, to, to do this. Now, uh, we, one, one thing, the first thing we might need to do is we might need to just learn to cut back. We might just need to learn to cut back. Have you ever heard someone say, I have too much stuff? Have you ever said, I have too much stuff? You, you look around and it's like, man, I got, I, I got too much stuff. The, 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 uh, the, self, the self-storage industry is one of the biggest booming industries in our country. And, uh, a few years ago, they did a study that they, they, they learned, that they figured out that, that what was required, what was a proper amount of self-storage in a certain community is six square feet Per capita, so per person, if they, if, if if there's enough uh, self storage units and facilities <clears throat> to accommodate six square feet per person, that was the right amount. It, it, you know, it, they, they they just recently redid the study this last year, and they determined that some it now lies somewhere between ten and thirteen square feet per person. I think maybe we are living with too much stuff. That we just have too much stuff. So kind of let that sink in for a moment. As time has gone on, our culture consumes and consumes and consumes. And we need to learn to cut back because sometimes less is more. You think this is, uh, you think this might be true for most of us? Maybe we could use less stuff, but more friends. Maybe less stuff, but more experiences. Less stuff, but more time with family. And so to do so, we need to cut back so we can make room for what is more important in our life. Cut back so we can have greater margin. So we can have more space to, to maybe absorb uh, an emergency. Cut back so we might be able to, 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 to save up to enjoy some things later on. Cut back because... Some of those things on the fringes are not as necessary as maybe we once had. Maybe not only do we need to cut back, but maybe we need to clear out. Maybe we need to clear some things out. Uh, here in, in recent months, we've been kind of going through uh, our, our basement and, and trying to uh, trying to freshen things up, and so we've been painting, painting, and and so we, we you know, we, when we have our open house, the, the downstairs is not going to have just like paint splotches on the wall. It's going to have actual paint on the wall. It's going to look like real good, and so you should come come to that. That'd be awesome. And uh, uh, but as we've been painting, we've also been like rearranging some things and and changing some things around, and 
and going through some of our things we've had in storage. And so, uh, as kids have been going through and going, <coughs> you know, we, th- th- this, this box of home goods stuff, it's moved with us from place to place to place. And, and it fit that home that we owned back then, but it doesn't really fit our home and our style now. And maybe I should sell it or, or, or give it away or donate it. And I've told the kids, hey, don't sit around too long. Mom might sell, donate, or give, away, give you away too. And so, <laughs> But how much we get for? Uh, uh, we now have two teenagers in the house, and, uh, and, and and one is like still growing, and so so no, so maybe we maybe you need to clear out. Maybe there are some things in your house that I just don't use them. Yeah, we we keep something for sentimental value, right? I mean, I will probably never wear my high school letter jacket again. But there's like this sentimental value to it, right? Yeah. Uh, I, I remember my, my, my parents' house, uh, they, they had their high school yearbooks up on a bookshelf. And it was always fun to go through there and go, wow, that's what dad looked like as a high school senior. You know? Uh, you know he had like the, you know, the, the big square blocky glasses. And it's like, I'm glad eye style, eyeglass style has changed since back then. And, and so we, uh, we look back and he's like, oh my goodness, look, look, look at mom, look at dad. My yearbooks are somewhere in a roughneck somewhere. <laughs> like, like, look what, look what hairstyles look back then. And kids are like, oh my goodness. We keep something for sentimental value, right? There are some things that, 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 that we have that we're never going to use and we're not, they're not too sentimental. Maybe you know someone who could use that. Maybe there's a, a young couple who's just starting out and they, they, they just need some things for their house. Like, hey, could you use these? They may not be your style, but it might give just you a little something to, to start with, and maybe you donate them. Maybe you take them someplace, and, and, and there's plenty of uh, places here in town that you can donate things that, as they sell them, they can then use those proceeds to help others in need. Maybe we need to do some clearing out. Instead of holding on to them, we pass on to things as gifts, as donations. As maybe we sell them to make a, a, a couple bucks for something. Remember that story? The man with the, 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 the bountiful harvest, the, the rich fool, the parable of the rich fool. Jesus sets up that parable. He sets up the, that parable with this line. He says, watch out. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in abundance of possessions. Life does not consist of abundance of, of possessions. Sometimes we need to cut back. Sometimes we need to clear out. The disciples came to Jesus one day and said, Jesus, teach us to pray. The only thing we see in all of Scripture where Jesus, where the disciples specifically asked Jesus to teach them something. Said, teach us to pray. And so Jesus gives them what we call the Lord's Prayer. That we could, that we could probably all recite right now in, in, in some version of, or another. But what's interesting is you go through that Prayer, you get to see a bit of the look into Jesus' rule of life, right? This is who Jesus is. This is what he, what is important to him. <clears throat> and he talks about who God is, who he is relationally, who he is, uh, uh, his character is holy. We, we, he prays that, that God's will would be done on, on earth just as is in heaven. We might experience the kingdom of God in our world around us. And as he then turns the corner into, uh, into asking for things, one of the first things he asks for is this. He says, give us today 
our daily bread. Give us today our daily bread. See, our prayer, our heart, ought to be that God would supply what we need. And what most of us need is not more possessions. It's not more things. We could use more space. We don't need more stuff. We need more of the Spirit. We don't need uh, uh, more uh, money. We need more margin in our life, financially, spiritually, physically. We can have more space to pursue deeper relationships with others and a deeper relationship with God. So if you want to know more peace, it's not going to come through greater wealth or greater possessions. It will come through a more integrated life. So it's not working yourself to the bone. It's not pursuing more out of envy of others, but it's also not laying back and just folding your hands and letting life come your way. It's learning to live an integrated life. And so my challenge for you this week is that maybe sit, take a step back and, and look at your life and consider where you can add more margin. So you can know more peace. You can have more peace and space for God. Life where we can be productive. We can look at our life and see how can I be productive at work, but also have productive relationships at home. And not only do I have time for work, but time for leisure, time for activities, time for rest, time for effort, but also time for quietness. And to do this, we need to maybe reorder our world, reprioritize our work, our possessions. Sometimes become a detriment to our peace. See, peace comes not from an abundance of things, not from an abundance of wealth, but from an abundance of Jesus. And if we seek to keep up with the world around us, we find ourselves losing ground with Jesus. See, if we want more Jesus, we might have to find a way to live with less. To reorient our priorities around Jesus and not things when we set our compass on the right things, when we build our life on the right foundation, everything else seems to fall in place. Because everything we own will one day probably break, burn, or find its way to a landfill. The only thing that will last forever is our relationship with Jesus. So rather than focusing on things that are temporal, let us focus our eyes and efforts on things that are eternal. And so maybe today you need to make Jesus your number one priority. Maybe you need to give your life to Him, submit to Him, and make Him your Savior, submit to Him in baptism. Maybe today you need to take steps to create margin in your life so you have room to serve, to build relationships with others, to help others grow closer to Jesus. Maybe there's some big choices that, that are around the corner that you feel that you need to make so you can advance your faith and so you can help others grow in their faith as well. Maybe you need to Maybe you just need to sit and talk with someone. Maybe you need to uh, uh, pray with someone. I'll be in the back after the service. Mark and Jim will be around, so will David. You can talk to anyone you saw on stage today. Maybe you're like, I, I don't quite feel comfortable talking to someone today. Maybe you just want to let us know. And you can use the connection card there at cchmd.com slash connect. And we'd love to be able to pray for you and, and contact you and talk with you and help you begin to process through what life would be like if we li learned to live with less as we pursue more of God. So when, our, when we truly begin to live with less, we begin to truly live a less is more kind of life, we'll find that by having less, we have more margin to truly experience life. Let me pray first.
Father, I thank you. Thank you for the way that you love us and care for us. The way you provide for us. Father, as you have, have come to us, you sent us Jesus. You've given us your, um, your guidance, your wisdom. You've given us your word. Father, you provide salvation for us. Father, even as we look to what is ahead, Father, help us to consider your ways. We put work in its proper place, that we reorient ourselves around around who you are. Father, may we learn to live, that may we learn to believe and, and, and live life that, that better is one hand with tranquility, that we would know peace with you, that we would know peace with what is enough. Father, as your children that you love and provide for us, that, Father, we wouldn't chase after more than pushing you to a corner, pushing you out of the way. We might, we might allow you to be the filter to reorient what belongs in our life, in what place, in what space, in what time. Father, use us to help change the world around us. You might be glorified in all that we do and all that we say. In Jesus' name I pray. We're glad that you have joined us today, whether here in the house or at home. Uh, as, as we leave today, as we finish today, and may you pursue more of God this week as we look forward to seeing you again next Sunday.